coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. There's only 363 shopping days left until next Bunny Day. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including some details around LEGO Super Mario. And then on Thursday, Retro Month continues with Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, I reached the threshold in which I no longer could manage my hair. So my husband helped me Mm. Friday night to um, cut it. And I I think it turned out really well, but I've got to say it was very humbling to be sitting in the bathtub in my underwear, covered in hair, while my husband is laughing so hard he's crying because of what a a mess it's turned into. But we saw our way through, and I think it turned out very positive. No, look, your hair looks uh, very good right now. I feel like my hair is looking uh, pretty okay at the moment, um, considering that... Did, have we talked since I cut my own hair as well? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is new to me. So Sarah did cut the back of my hair because I can't see the back of my head. Um, and she started to like trim up around the sides and then like got kind of like nervous or again, <laughs> we were like, laughing too much. Um, it also, uh, like I had taken a break from Animal Crossing for her to cut my hair. So the TV was just on and I was inside one of my, uh, villagers house, like one of my neighbor's houses in Animal Crossing. And, um, he is a, a fitness obsessed squirrel who has like a little boxing bell, um, in, in his house. So every now and then as I'm I'm sitting there and Sarah's cutting my hair, uh, he would just ring the bell. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like was what, too cute. I feel like what we've learned is that like uh, people who cut hair are true professionals because they don't laugh the entire time. Looking at how stupid we look while it's in progress. Oh my gosh! Well, I think that it's also like a confidence thing, right? Because as you are cutting someone's hair and you don't know what you're doing, like all you are filled with is the like inescapable dread that you're going to ruin this person. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of an inescapable dread that you're going to be ruining someone, my copy of Sonic Forces, would you like to borrow it? Maybe someday you can. Um, For the moment, our Sonic Forces borrowing program is on a little bit of a hiatus, but if you would like to get on the list to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, all you gotta do is email us at nintendocartridgesociety at gmail.com. And uh, give us a mailing address, and then we will send it to you. You can play it for as long as you want, and uh, then send it back to us. Also, uh, would just like to thank everyone who has been friending us um, on the Nintendo Switch. We love seeing what people are up to. Um, I, I am getting to the point where I am uh, excited to open my island up for other people to visit. So if you want to be my friend and I will open the island, uh, you can uh, you can find our friend codes in the description of every episode. We are halfway through April, Patrick. So that means that we are halfway done with Retro Month. Um, we've been talking about mm-hmm. SNES classics all month long. Um, this week, we're talking about Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. So if you have any thoughts, observations, Get them into us by Wednesday. And then on April 24th, we are playing with big quotation marks because we will see big air quotes because we'll see how this goes. We're playing Star Fox. Now, Mark may be throwing around air quotes, but I have already promised, bold, underlined, italicized, promised, all caps, (laughs) that I am going to maybe strike through as well, uh, that I am going to play and beat Star Fox. And I'm going to try my darndest. Uh, so far, uh, you know, uh, we played through Link to the Past in its entirety, played through Super Metroid in its entirety. Um, we'll see about Yoshi's Island, but... Uh, Give it a good college try. But Star Fox, you know, like, why not? <laughs> 
I mean, I believe we will build cogent cases as to why not. <laughs> we'll see. All right, Mark, uh, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Mark, of course, let me be the first to wish you a belated happy bunny day. Thank you. Same to you, Patrick. I hope you uh, celebrated in it in a way, uh, you know, like in accordance to your traditions. Um, I did. And uh, because most of my holiday traditions involve uh, a- an abundance of consumerism, uh, that is exactly how I partook in uh, Bunny Day. We're talking, uh, of course, about Animal Crossing. There was a, a an in-game holiday, uh, Bunny Day, which coincided uh, conveniently with Easter um, uh, this Sunday. It had been something that uh, we were building up to for the last like week and a half. Um, where most of the, not most, a, a lot of the resources on the island were replaced with these gaudy little eggs, and you could use those eggs to craft various uh, pieces of furniture and outfits and wallpapers and stuff. Um, Mark, I need you to know, I made every single bunny day everything. I made it all. Yeah, I did too. Part of it was because, yeah, um, like... I felt like I had to because I felt like I needed Bunny Day to have a purpose. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Yeah. I was like a little bit disappointed that the um the uh like spring like flowers like the peach blossoms disappeared the day before Bunny Day. I I assumed that it was like a Bunny Day thing, but then it was like no, those are over with. Now it's just eggs. Now it's just you and Zipper and these green trees. Yeah, it was weird that the game was pulling, like, two special events at once. Because, um, like, now that Bunny Day is over, I sort of wish there still were cherry blossoms around, like, to get those petals and, like, craft that stuff. Um, but I was so focused on Bunny Day. Um, and I made all this stuff that I then... <clears throat> I made it all, and then I sold it all, with the exception of two things. Um, one is I kept the the Bunny Day magic wand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went ahead and crafted myself a second uh, uh, zipper bobblehead because you have to use one uh, zipper toy to craft the wand. And I was like, no, I also want one because um, that's something that I'm going to just display in the trophy case in my house, right? Of like, here are these special events that I conquered. Um, and uh, Bunny Day is forever going to be memorialized for me with this uh, little wobbly um, egg-shaped zipper toy. Oh, that's a that's a that's a smart idea. I didn't do that. I kept the basket for whatever reason. Um and then I kept <laughs> uh the wand. So, was this this is your this was like your first in-game of like celebration, holiday celebration in Animal Crossing, right? What did you Correct. think? Did it live up to your expectations? Did you have expectations going into it? Uh how did what do you think of Bunny Day? Uh, I actually thought Bunny Day, uh, like when the day itself actually happened, uh, was great and fun and just enough of like a twist on a normal day in Animal Crossing. Um, it was a little annoying to <clears throat> to have so many of, yeah, every time you're chopping wood, uh, like trying to get wood or trying to get uh, chunks of steel or whatever, or catch fish, that like there's always this like little hindrance of like, oh, it's probably going to be a lot of eggs. Um, but like when you are, uh, when you are achieving like a specific checklist, um, it's so satisfying in a game that is so infinite to have such a finite thing to accomplish. Um, and then I thought having uh, so many of the recipes unlock on that final day, um, the, the, the bobblehead, the bunny or the basket and the wand um, and the arch too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, th- that it was, it was a nice, like, on the day itself, like, final thing to just, like, pop and be like, ah, I can make all this stuff. Like, collecting all those eggs wasn't in vain. Um, so I, uh, I, I really liked it. I think Zipper is funny. I think that's a funny character concept. Um, I love watching him uh, put the character down when you're not around. I love him, like, second-guessing himself as he's talking to you. I love it. I thought, I thought it was super fun. Yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot, too. It basically was very similar to just, like, the events in other Animal Crossing games where, um, you know, like there's like one thing that's different about it. Uh, There's like one, like maybe, you know, like celebration that happens or whatever. 
Uh, I did like for Bunny Day how there was like two weeks leading up to it where like something you knew something was mm-hmm. coming. I guess like on Bunny Day itself, I was expecting a little bit more. In that's why I think I missed like the uh, peach blossoms and everything because mm-hmm. I like I wanted like the entire town to be decorated. It was nice everybody walking around, but just like I just wanted a little bit more because this was like the switch version of animal crossing for some reason i sure. you know like i wanted to just be pushed a little further but i had a ton of fun and like i think the day before there was like a fishing tournament um so yeah, there was. i feel like and like going back to animal crossing every day has been very rewarding because of like little events like that yeah and i gotta say Every time CJ is on my island, I am so happy to see that little otter. Um, he's or beaver. What is he? I don't know. I love him though. Have you been doing any of the um like turnip stock market stuff? So not a ton. I know that there is like there's a whole community of people who just like go on like Reddit or Twitter and are just like soliciting the highest prices for um turnips. Um. And I have not really gotten into that. But if anyone does have some killer turnip prices and, and they want to tweet at us, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. I would love to get in on that sweet turnip action. I have to say, for have you? me, per- no, I haven't. Because for me personally, like the way that I enjoy Animal Crossing, like I don't really want to break the game like that. Like I don't really yeah. want to get like all of the houses and be able to pay it off like like immediately or you know build all the bridges i want to build like to me having those limitations will extend the amount of time that i want to like spend with the game versus i think if i like blew everything out then um i would be basically done with it i mean and and for some people maybe that's the reason to do it is that way they can just be like, and I'm done and I don't have to worry about this anymore. This reminds me of like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I loved the act of like unlocking all the characters. And once that happened, mm. I pretty much found myself like being done with the game for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is something very rewarding about like having a reason to keep coming back to it. Um, and, you know, like, even even with the, like, natural limitations that I come up against with not having, like, you know, three million bells, um, like, I, I still feel like I'm able to uh, earn some money. And, like, when I put up a bridge, I usually pay it off that day or the next day. Um, and, you know, it, it's really, it's, it's the rare thing. My, my most recent, like, house upgrade, I haven't even started to pay off yet. And it's probably been, like, a week. Um, but, you know, there's no penalty for it. So, like, whatever, I'll get to it when I get to it. Right now, I'm enjoying uh, building out um, the bridges and um, ramps and stuff on my island. Yeah, have you unlocked... I don't know when you unlock it. I keep forgetting it exists because I haven't hit it yet. But, like, the terraforming ability? No. So, I think you I think you unlock that after KK Slider oh, uh, does, does a concert. I want KK Slider to come to my town so bad but i i think i i think i still have a lot of work to do before i get there yeah i think i do too um i i have uh i have now uh, attracted one camper who is living on my island um keaton he's an eagle we may have even talked about him in a uh one of our episode where we were like casting them in um musicals, in, uh, musicals. uh yeah uh and at first i was like i don't know how i feel about keaton uh, so I didn't even talk to him on on like the the first day he was there, and then he was there the second day and the third day, and I was like, "All right, I'll go talk to him." And you're right; the game bullies you. <laughs> you you can't not invite them to stay on the island. I know that's how I got Huck, um, the stupid dumb yeah. frog that I do not like, still <laughs> hanging around my island. We don't talk to each other. Mark, I've Mark, never Mark. talked to him. Look, I'm sure he's fine. I bet he's a nice person, but I want him off my island. Here's something I'm worried about. I now have two eagles living on my island. <laughs> I don't like being like outnumbered like this. <laughs> anyway, what else? What else you been playing, Mark? Um. Oh, Yoshi's Island. Oh, oh. Sorry. One more thing I want to say about Animal Crossing. Yes. Is um. I was trying to explain to my husband who KK Slider is and why KK Slider is awesome and why everyone wants like. 
why it's so important to me that K.K. Slider come to my island. I'm going to say that it yes. didn't all get through to him, but I think if nothing else, he understands like uh, how important it is to me, even if he doesn't understand why. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Um, uh, luckily, luckily, Sarah understands that K.K. Slider is a treasure. She has seen the amiibo sitting in our amiibo case. Um, which, by the way, um, I had always like sort of like half liked the Animal Crossing characters um, from like kind of dabbling in previous games. Uh, but I had all these amiibo and like playing New Horizons and like forming a real uh, relationship with uh, the characters. Now I suddenly love all these figures uh, and I am so happy to have them uh, displayed. Um, Mark, we did, uh, as, as part of uh, a different email that uh, listener Martin sent to us, um, uh, he uh, wanted to bring up something about Animal Crossing. He said, uh, you asked about the cutest movements in Animal Crossing uh, or cutest moments in Animal Crossing. For me, it's when, it is when the animal whose house or shop you're in waves goodbye as you leave. I love it. Um, yeah, just another one of those amazing little details where it's like, yeah, it's there. They see you and they like have a life or something. It's adorable. Yeah, like um, uh, you know, I had played other versions of the game. I played New Leaf. I played Wild World, and I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like what uh, you know, like the state of the world. I don't know if it's. The, I don't know if it's the fidelity of the Switch. Like, that's the first thing I'm going to attribute it to. But it's like, yeah, I completely agree with you that, like, before I liked Animal Crossing and I liked the characters, but this is the first time that, like, the attention to detail, I feel like, has really paid off. And just, like, the fidelity of the characters is greater than it's ever been. And all of, like, that attention to detail in the animations and the facial expression and the yeah. localization and everything, like, it's it's so much fun. Yeah, um, it, it's that it's it's well observed and something I hadn't really thought about is like these are these are people that I see every day and outside of Sarah, like that's it. I don't see anyone, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 nice to just have some like simulated social interaction <laughs> with you know uh, a character that's gonna run up to you and like teach you how to laugh at something. But like whatever, that's great. <laughs> Uh, so what 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 else have you been playing this week? Um, oh yeah, so Yoshi's Island, of course, mm -hmm. um, which we will be talking about more on Thursday. Is it officially in the United States? I should look this up. Was it called Super Mario World Two Yoshi's Island in the U.S.? Like, is it an official it sequel was, to Super Mario yeah. World? I mean, it is in number, but like, I don't think it is in spirit. Like, in in spirit, it is the beginning of a new series, right? Um, yeah, we well, obviously we will dig more into it uh, on um, Thursday. Uh, very quickly though, Mark, where where are you playing it? Are you playing it on your uh, Switch? I am. Yeah, I continue to play it on my Switch. Yeah. Okay, and I continue to play these games on my uh, Super NES Classic Edition. As all four of these games that we are, are, have picked for April are available on both. Um, and then uh, Sarah and I have uh, continued to play some Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Um, because what a wonderful comfort food that is. I don't have any new observations about it, but what a great game. Um, okay, uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So another slow week for new releases. Um, not a ton to talk about, but on Thursday, April 16th, uh, two things we wanted to point out. One is that Pi Pixel, P-I-C-Z-L-E, Pixel Cross Adventure is released on the Switch eShop. Which uh, I was like, wait a minute, that looks like the name of a Pick Cross game. And guess what? It's a Pick Cross game. Uh, and again, uh, this one has the uh, hook that it is tied to like an RPG style story. Um, it looks cute. It's been on Steam forever. Um, but like, uh, you know, uh, what, what am I going to not, uh, pick up a, a new Picross game? What am I never going to finish murder by numbers? That's what I should really do. I need to recommit myself to murder by numbers. <laughs> uh, murder by numbers, the star Fox of Picross games? Question mark. 
Well, no, because I am going to beat Star Fox. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then also on the 16th, Double Dragon 2 The Revenge is released on the Switch eShop. And this may, maybe, maybe sounds familiar to you, but that's because it uh, was released, a version of Double Dragon 2 The Revenge was released way back in 2018 as part of Arcade Archives. Um, And so... From mm-hmm. from what we can puzzle out based on like the Nintendo.com listing for these games, the uh, Arcade Archives one is, of course, the arcade version. And then um, the one that is releasing on Thursday is the NES port. Which, it should be noted, is the uh, version of the game that is available on the NES Classic Edition. Oh, and, so it's... So, yeah, go ahead, Mark. I was just gonna say, so it's possible you somebody I I already own this. We have played this together, Patrick. We did. We didn't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's so when when you go to Nintendo's website and uh, you're checking out like the box art, you'll see that it is against a background that shows like all of the uh, NES box arts for all of the Double Dragon games and all of the Kunio Kun games. So I suspect that this is like. Uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a preview for or like a thing to build hype for the Double Dragon Kunio Kun collection, which is coming to Switch at some point. I should have looked that up before I started talking. Um, but uh, if if they're offering uh, Double Dragon 2 is just like, a, hey, remember, you like these games or you at least liked this one. Um, and there are, you know, like 30 more of them coming out. Uh, maybe, you know, that's, that's maybe not maybe not the dumbest thing in the world. But otherwise, not much I wanted to shout out this week in new releases. Um, possible it's going to be slow from here on out, at least for a little while. So, Well, we'll see. <laughs> All right, Mark, uh, let's, uh, let's close out the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Now, Mark, I think we do need to be careful here because our topic is we are going to try to name as many hats as we can. Okay. Uh, and remember, we can't talk about Nintendo during this. Yes. So no Nintendo hats. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what you're like getting at. I'm just Mario wears a hat. Link wears a hat. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. 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 I was like racking my brain. I'm like, what special type of Nintendo hats? What game is notorious for hats? I guess uh, Odyssey. Super Hattress. Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we've already broken the rules too much. Uh, I, I mean, I well, let's go back and forth, okay? Okay, let's see how let's see how okay. long we can go back and forth before one of us has to rescue the other. I love it. Top hat, uh, baseball cap, uh, trucker hat, um, a bonnet, right? Or like, Ooh, d- sure, are, yeah, we're opening it up to the world of head coverings. Sure, right? Okay, a crown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um how about a beret? A jaunty beret. A beret is pretty good. Um what uh a a painter's cap. Painter is that the one that has like the little uh, snap in snap the front? on it? Is that the same or different from a newsies cap? Mm, let's count them as separate caps. So I went painter's <laughs> cap, you went well, newsies cap. That makes sense to me because I think a painter would need the snaps that way they can put like a paintbrush in behind it and it won't sure. fall off yeah yeah no that makes perfect sense and the newsy hat why is it sh- why is the newsy hat shaped like that um so you know you can take it off and wave it when you're doing you know like high kicks sure that's right <laughs> and it, it's got like a good like wave to it right? like <laughs> a right. flap in the breeze uh so you you did newsy cap i'm gonna go with uh is it tote or toke the, the tall chef hat oh uh i i believe you yes yeah I think I think Toke. I think it's called Toke. Okay. Um, is like Straw Hat announcer, or what am I thinking of? Like that kind of like um, Hello Dolly, like boater hat. Is that what it is? Yeah, like a big like a big sun hat. Yeah, yeah. 
No, no, but like for men, we, you know what I'm talking about? Like, um, mm. uh, put on your Sunday oh, sure. clothes like, type, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like this, that a carnival barker would wear. Yes, yeah. Lyle Landley, okay. what he wears. <laughs> yes, uh, that's very good. That counts as naming the hat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will go with a simple knit cap. Mm, like how a, about like a skull cap? You know what? About, how about a like um, a bucket hat or like a like a Fisher hat type thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's good. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Is now hold on. You're gonna have to check me on this one. I don't know if this is insensitive. A yarmulke? Is that a hat? <laughs> I a head covering. Bonnet opened it up to all head coverings. Sure, sure. Okay, then I will um, stick with yarmulke. So uh, the hat, I think we all wish we could wear, but only Indiana Jones can can pull it off. A fedora. Yes, that well, uh, but in Indiana Jones isn't really wearing a fedora, right? He's wearing a uh, a Pendleton. Wait, I have one of these hats, <laughs> and it looks good on me. <laughs> um, but the fedora is a real problem. Uh, wh- so wait, where are we now? Back to me. I, it's, I think it's on you. Um, okay, uh, then I will go with a motorcycle helmet. Is that f- fair? Yes. Uh, how about a fez? Mm, fez is a good one. A good weird hat. Uh, okay. Um, I already said top hat. In fact, it was the first <laughs> one I said. We're running out of hats. I'm actually, I'm not going to lie. I'm impressed we got as far as we did. Let's take, you know, our mind needs a break. Patrick, you, I feel like you are a hat person. You can wear hats well. Like your head is mm, shaped for thank hats. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have, I have a big head. Um, <laughs> so that... <laughs> That's of course what I was getting at. Like a nice head. Thank you. <laughs> a nice head for hats is just a euphemism for a well, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know what that's a euphemism for. Um again, I closed the window before I checked to see who accompanied us, but we were accompanied today by someone. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. So a couple of weeks ago we talked about the Lego Super Mario set that uh is coming out soon sometime it's coming out sometime oh in august it's august. coming out in august mm-hmm. yeah uh and you you and i both were a little bit confounded by it but the um lego group this past week revealed a few more details so we have a little bit better understanding of what this thing is so the yeah oh no go ahead go ahead or was that um it? just so they they uh they released like a, a little video sort of like demoing the the product and like it was very nintendo-esque right that they have like a dude addressing the camera addressing the audience directly um it's neat to see i don't know if um like the companies working with nintendo are like we want to do it the way we want to roll out products the way you roll out products or if nintendo's like here's what you got to (laughs) do um i'm always a little bit surprised how expensive legos are yeah, and I think this is this should be like the thrust of the conversation that we have about this right now, um, because the starter course for um, for this set, which is not a, a ton of pieces and it doesn't really look like offers uh, any amount of freedom really to build like whatever you want, is sixty bucks fifty nine ninety nine, um, and then there are expansion sets that are coming out. Uh, they weren't clear on whether they were launching right away with the starter set or if it was going to be a little bit. Um, but the first two expansion sets are the Piranha Plant Power Slide for $29.99 and the Bowser's Castle Boss Battle Expansion for $99.99. Which is pretty impressive. Like, especially because I guess it's like, I don't know, it, like a game essentially where you're throwing down 60 bucks for like the base part of it. It's, it's just a little bit weird to be with like this Lego set where it's like 60 bucks for this thing that you have to have in order to unlock the other, like to have yeah. any utility out of that $100 Bowser set, you have to pay the 60 bucks. So you're already in for almost like $200 all in. It, it, it's especially, cause, 
like, I, and I don't want to be like too, uh, you know, whoa, this thing shouldn't cost what it does. Um, especially when I know that there are certainly expensive Lego sets, right? Like they sell like a, a Lego Death Star, which is like a giant, you know, I'm cost two hundred dollars. Or I, I made that number up. It could cost anything. <laughs> that, could be, that could be on the dot, right? And it could be way off. Um, or like the Millennium Falcon or uh, Hogwarts, right? Like I've, I've had friends who have purchased like those big Lego sets. And it's a, you know, a multiple day project to assemble them. And then at the end, you have this like cool big piece of like art that you put together. It's like buying a big puzzle. Um, but like the actual construction of these things seems so... Like they're very small, right? Like when when all is said and done, um, they're not that many pieces, and like there doesn't seem to be a ton of room for creativity within them. It'll be really cool to see what like the hacking community does with it, because you know, like the sure. the Mario starter course comes with like the electronic Mario. It's sixty bucks, but even from like the little bit that we've seen, um, you know, it has like a lot of electronics in it, like special abilities, and so. You know, it's uh, and far be it for me to criticize anybody for buying this stuff. When I was a kid and Disney's California Adventure opened across from Disneyland, they had these like kind of like um, uh, like toy sets that you could get were like that were like replica of uh, now it's Pixar Pier, but it used to be like Paradise Pier, and they had like the big roller coaster, and you could buy this like set put it together. It was like made out of plastic. You like snapped it all together. And then there was like a car, like a car coaster car that would go on it and climb up the hill. It would go down the course, go up oh, the, cool. through the loop, like all that kind of stuff. So, you know, like when I was a kid, I a hundred percent saved up money and like ordered this thing from their telephone number that you could call to have them ship you stuff. So far be it for me to like, <laughs> you know, tell people what to spend their money on. But, uh, so I think this could be really cool. Like, they have, uh, it says they're working on a free Lego Super Mario app, which will, um, like, you can use it to keep track of scores and, quote, encourage continuous building. So, you know, it, it sounds like the goal is for there to be, like, more there, um, which mm-hmm. is really interesting and, again, feels very Nintendo-ish. Uh, you called out specifically, like, very, like, Labo-ish, this last part. Yeah, well, and uh, so part of... <clears throat> Part of what the uh, the app does is that it gives you like the the building instructions. So I, I don't know if there will also be like a paper version of it too. Um, but it sounds like they are uh, adapting the Lego instructions um, so that you can like pinch and zoom and rotate the image and stuff like that. Just like um, as you are building a Labo, um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on the show a couple times, our experiences with Labo, is that it is. Um, you know, amazingly like interactive and intuitive to use those instructions. Um, you're folding so many things and tucking so many things into little, you know, whatever. It's incredibly complicated, but like you almost can't get lost with the Labo instructions. They're so helpful and so thorough. Um, and so it'll be cool to see that kind of technology applied to Lego. I know that as we were uh, building Labo, we were like, IKEA should uh, should use this, right? Um, and I mean, if that's Nintendo's next partnership, I'm not saying that it is, but if that's Nintendo's next partnership, they wouldn't even have to put gaudy little Mario's all over stuff. Like, <laughs> just tell me how to build it uh, in a nice interactive way. You mentioned it at the beginning of this, and uh, we might have talked about it when this was first announced, but what I like, and the more that we're learning about this, the more it appears to be true, is that, you know, Nintendo's talked a lot about how they want to um, expand, you know, the use of their characters and intellectual property with third-party partnerships. And what it seems like is it's like uh, not just Nintendo being like, here, our, here's you can license our characters, go build some, like, Mario Lego sets. It feels like, at least from the outside, like a true collaboration from, you know, like, the way it's presented to what it does to, like, the instructions, like, all that kind of stuff. It feels very much like the two companies are collaborating and not just... The Lego got, you know, like the Mushroom Kingdom characters, and so they're just like pumping out a bunch of sets. Right. Well, and it, uh, I, I agree with that, but I, I also fear that it's, it's taking like the two least attractive parts of both companies. Um, like I, I won't actually know until like I have my hands on it, but it doesn't seem like having that little Mario um, interact with like different color tile is actually going to be fun in any way. 
Um, and like, maybe it will be, but like at, at this point, I'm sort of seeing like the downs, like all of the downsides of Nintendo and all the downsides of Lego. I feel like this is what, let Ring Fit Adventure be a lesson to us all. Because no, I you're feel- right. Because <laughs> here I am coveting people's Ring Fit Adventures. Breaking oh, one God. of the Ten Commandments, you know, for people's Ring Fit Adventures. So shame on me. That that's that's only if they're your neighbors. <laughs> uh Cero, or I guess you'd say C E R O, the Japanese video game ratings board, which is the equivalent of the ESRB in North America or Peggy in Europe. Um, announced a temporary closure last week uh, amid a declaration a state of emergency in Japan. Yeah, so, um, you know, not necessarily that we're expecting um, this to, uh, you know, delay uh, any, like, big releases or anything like that, but, you know, we may see that it has, like, some sort of effect on uh, the timelines for games that are going to be released um in Japan and then like what do you think that does for like uh like simultaneous worldwide releases you think I don't know I mean like uh, it would it will this do anything <laughs> yeah it, I mean it's hard to know like uh Peggy and the ESRB I guess I keep calling it Peggy but I should probably just say P-E-G-I it's just so much to say well, no, say say Peggy though, because that's what they say um, when, because you, you're familiar with that little voice clip, right? Going like Peggy eighteen. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Okay, that's true. Great, yeah. great, great. Um, so both Peggy and the ESRB have implemented work from home protocols already. So you know they don't anticipate a slowdown in their work or delaying games or anything. I wonder if uh, CERO, if like it'll be a temporary delay in some things potentially. But that eventually they will, I don't know what their process is, so maybe they're not able to do it from home, or maybe they're not equipped to. But it seems like if this went on for a while, that they would have to find some way to continue to function. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I think that's just sort of the, um, the, the way of all of this, is that like companies figure out how to uh, work remotely and do like provide the service they provide, uh, even under like lockdown conditions. And uh, if they can't, then they're gone. And uh, I mean, like the Japanese video game industry could just develop a new ratings board. Like the the only reason that these uh, organizations, uh, Cero, ESRB, Peggy, the only reason they're in place uh, to begin with is because the video game industry like supports them and like you know has them there so that we're not being they're not being regulated by like government bodies. You know, so um, either they will figure out a way to. Uh, do it or they'll come up with a new solution yeah let us do it we'll figure it out yeah yeah we got it look you send us uh send us an 18 word description of your game and we'll put a rating on it <laughs> uh talking about like short-term ramifications of this uh hamster has indicated that some of their arcade archives releases may not be able to be classified in japan which would be a little bit heartbreaking because it threatens to break hamster's streak of releasing a new game on switch every week for the last 160 or so weeks it's crazy every week since the switch launched hamster has put out an arcade archives game on the Switch. They are the only company to have put out games this regularly on the platform. In fact, they hold a Guinness World Record for most consecutive weeks putting out games on Switch. Last week, we talked about IGN Summer of Gaming, which is like a digital event they're planning to do um, in early June that, even though they didn't say it, seems like it's being positioned as kind of like a digital replacement for E3. Um, you know, it's going to include the stuff we would expect from IGN's E3 coverage, like announcements, publisher interviews, hands-on demos, like all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so the, the ESA has since announced that they are not going to be providing an online experience to replace E3. Like they had originally said they were exploring when, um, E3 was canceled. So it feels very much like they are seeding this ground to IGN, at least for this year. Do you think they were like, 
aw, dang. Or do you think they were like, whoo? I think they were like, whoo. Because it seems like the uh, like E3 2020 was having trouble coming together anyways. Or at least it seemed like there was a lot of turmoil behind the scenes. And so totally. I think just being able to take a mulligan on this year and try to like regroup and do whatever they're going to do for 2021 is probably in their best interest. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I think uh, if they had to do this, if for whatever reason they would have to do like a, a digital event next year, I think it would behoove the the ESA to just partner with IGN, right? <laughs> and just, just be like, hey, you guys have the reach, you have the resources, you have the hosts, you have the relationships to do these like digital events in a way that we don't really... Um, yeah, like it, it just it just makes sense that IGN would be in that position. Yeah, I mean, I think the ESA, if they were going to do it, would have had to partner with somebody to do it because, you know, they, they're not a production company. They do not, they don't have a place to host. You know, like they, they don't have any of those resources. They sometimes hire people to be consultants and do it during the show. Um, but that mm-hmm. that's it. So, yeah. Well, and it, this this year too, they they had partnered with um, I am Eight Bit, which is the you know the company that does a lot of like uh, vinyl releases of uh, video game soundtracks and just like a lot of really designy stuff to like help develop their um, like user experience. And uh, I am Eight Bit dropped out of it uh, maybe like a month or two ago. It's got to at least be a, a month ago because that's when everything <laughs> everyone dropped out of everything. Um, but uh, yeah, so that like they've been without their sort of like design creative partner for a while already and then just to see uh something uh, a replacement pop up there you know we're just like all right peace out we'll see you next year yeah absolutely uh you know how we everybody's like using alcohol to clean everything right now yes um so <laughs> yes maybe, i do yes um so maybe you th- you should think twice before using it to clean your switch or the joy cons um, the Japanese Nintendo customer support Twitter account recently tweeted, tweeted, and then it was translated by Kotaku, quote, recently customers have been asking whether they can disinfect their Nintendo Switch consoles and Joy-Cons with alcohol. We're very sorry to say, avoid using alcohol as it may cause the plastic parts to fade in color or deform. We also cannot recommend using non-alcoholic disinfecting sheets as depending on the ingredients, they may damage the plastic parts. Uh okay though, cause like <laughs> I get I get the like it may discolor the the plastic parts, but like if you I mean maybe just best practice don't take your switch out into the world at this point, right? Yeah, or I mean I don't know they you know like they recommend just wiping it down with the cloth. I wonder if you could like put soap and water on a cloth. And like wring it out and then use that to wipe down your Joy Cons. <laughs> I'd rather use alcohol, frankly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, yeah, just, I don't. I, yeah, I think you're just gonna have a, a dirty switch, or you're or well, you're gonna like with, let the color fade or whatever. Yeah, and I, I mean, at this point, you know, letting the color fade would probably be uh, preferable. Uh, don't get coronavirus, guys. <laughs> or just like keep yourself. buying new sets of Joy Con. Once a week. There we go. Yes. At the end of every week, throw your old Joy-Con into the fire, the cleansing, <laughs> cleansing fire, and buy a new pair. Don't worry about that battery burning in the fire. No. It's fine. Least of your worries at this Keep point. Keep your windows closed. <laughs> uh, here's a weird rumor about Pokemon Yellow uh, that came to light this week. Uh, Resetera user Camo Z shared some tweets and posts from other forums with the leaked source code for Pokemon Yellow, which illuminated apparently two things about the game. One, there's a second version. Okay, because like Pokemon Yellow is kind of like a mid, you know, like the second version of Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue, but there's only one mm-hmm. of them. It's just Pokemon Yellow. But apparently in the source code, there's a second version that's like mentioned in there, um, Pokemon Pink, which uh, leads some people to speculate, including Camo Z, that uh, maybe Clefairy or Jigglypuff would have been in this uh, like fourth version, would have been playing the Pikachu part as of the starter. Um, which I gotta say, uh, that that's a pretty compelling rumor and something that is so consistent with 
um, you know, what we've seen from Pokemon, like in general, right? That like every time they put out a game, they put out two versions of it. Um, you know, with like uh, so, some rare exceptions that, like you say, like these sort of like special edition sequels, they kind of combine into one. But we see them breaking away from that in in recent years, right? Like uh, Ultra Moon and uh, Ultra Sun um, were both like a, a pair of sequels, um, and you know, like uh, Let's Go uh, Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, those would be like the remakes of uh, Yellow and Pink, I guess, but with the Eevee instead of um, either the Clefairy or the the Jigglypuff. It's a it's a cool rumor and something that like just lights up my imagination, like. Yeah, because I, I, I wonder if like the his, the trajectory of Clefairy as a Pokemon would have been altered forever had it uh, yeah. been like part of this. Because one hundred percent, let's go. It would have been let's go uh, Jigglypuff, right? Right. Um, I wonder if uh, like pinning it to the color pink, um, was like marketing suicide in in the states. If they hadn't really cracked um, the market on um, girls playing games yet at, at that point, um, and so they were like, "Oh, we can't sell a pink version of it. No one will buy it." Yeah, yeah I like, wonder if that was part of it. Yeah, like whether it was true or not, they were at least, I'm sure, like super worried about it in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, there were some audio samples of the uh, creatures speaking, like they do in the anime, instead of like the digital, really digitized grumbles that appear in red and blue. But the quality of the samples is awful. So I'm, I'm guessing they tried it and were like, no, thank you. It's hilariously bad. Um, if you get the opportunity, go and uh, search out this uh, Reset Era post. Um, there, there's a link to, uh, it's like a, a diglet. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds real bad. Uh, and finally, uh, this week, Hallmark revealed a series of video game Christmas ornaments for 2020, um, which is just like kismet, because last week we used Hallmark.com for our list of um, anniversary gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, of course, you can't have video game ornaments without Nintendo ornaments. So there is a Pokeball, a Pikachu, an NES console, a gold Zelda game cartridge, an 8-bit Which Donkey great, Kong, by the way. Uh, Yoshi and Mario Kart, and then an 8-bit character set of Mario, Luigi, Toad, Donkey Kong, and Link. Um, Mark, do you have any Christmas ornaments uh, at present? Do, do you, you guys don't... Do you, do, 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 oh my gosh. Do you do a Christmas tree? <laughs> so we uh, have not the past... We haven't since we've been married. Um... I do have a couple of Christmas ornaments, Christmas tree ornaments, um, because, like, my uh, parents give me one every year. So I have some, but I have have not had a tree recently to put it up on. Um, But some of these are super fun. Uh, which which are your favorites? What what do you like in here? Uh, I'm just a sucker for tiny NES consoles, so I like that one a lot. Yeah. I like the gold Zelda uh, cartridge, and then I like Yoshi in Mario Kart because like it's not how I think of Yoshi. So I love that they were no. like, put Yoshi in a Mario Kart. That is the character. Um, I I I gotta echo um all of those picks. Those are all really good, especially that gold Zelda cart. Like, there's just something so like cool and iconic about it, and it's it's one of those things that'll like kind of trick people into at first glance. It'll just look like a Christmas ornament, like just a gold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people are gonna have to go like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> um, can um, I... and then of course the a yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I would love to put out into the universe the idea of um for 2021 a wario and waluigi pair where they have tennis rackets oh that's great and then and then uh, a daisy in her like tennis get up yeah wait where is princess peach or daisy uh that is a great question uh not well represented on here i guess <laughs> they're like mario luigi toad Oh man, I guess they're. I guess we'll just do Donkey Kong and Link. I guess we'll just do Donkey Kong twice. Uh, once as his own piece, and again as part of the the eight bit set. Bowser got robbed. 
Um, look, uh, we're, we're turning on Hallmark pretty bad here, so I think it's time we get out of the news. <laughs> okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you so much for joining us uh, week after week, twice a week uh, after twice a week. Um, it's been uh, fun and good to uh, do these shows, Mark, with you and to send them out into the world and have you listen to them. I hope you guys are finding them uh, enjoyable and uh, a fun little distraction for a little while. Anyway, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you could share it on Facebook or Twitter. We love when you do that. On Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Don't forget to friend us on Switch. Our uh, friend codes are in the description of this episode and every episode. Um, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, uh, burn in hell, Hallmark, and thanks for listening. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Collectors Club, you're here to believe believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.